Hi, and welcome back to Living Dharma Today. I'm your host, Stephen Lyon. In this, the second series of our exploration of the ethical component of Dharma, I'm going to use a device, a very old device, and that is storytelling. Parables, legends, myths, metaphor, all of these are very old tools that have been used throughout the ages to teach, to present a situation or a conflict and give us some sort of indication of how they might be dealt with. Also in the history of myth and parable, uh, there's an element of the unknown, the risk required. And of course, there's always the invitation to the adventure, as Joseph Campbell would call it. The declaration by the teacher to the student of this is what must be done and the choice is yours to do it or not. The form I've used, as I said, is metaphor, and this particular story is written in the first person. So I hope you find it helpful. It's called The White Room. I lived in a place covered in dirt, filth, half-eaten food. There were bugs and vermin, smelly things, half dead or dying. The windows were shut and the shades were drawn to darken this already dimly lit place. There was a bed and a chair, a rug or two, a few tables and a lamp. Dirty clothes were piled all around. Dirty bed linens were creased and stained and smelled of sex and night sweats. There were clouds of dust in the corners. And the only surface that was fairly clean was the glass the glass top, the glass top of the table where I cut and chopped and refined, arranged into little lines and inhaled. Hour by hour, I'd cut and chop and grind and line and inhale and pray this would be the last. There was no life in this room or in me. There was no joy or ambition or anticipation. And there were also no concerns or upsets. I wasn't disappointed. I wasn't in awe of anything. My only conversation was with myself. My only purpose was to be alone, to be untouched, to be invisible. You see, in this hovel. I invented my world and, and I lived in it and I never had to move or risk or win or lose. It was my perfect world. Well, one day after many, many, many months, I looked up and there was a man standing at the door of my room. How, how he got there, I don't know, but he did. Standing in the entrance, respectful, despite the squalor, 
this guy called my name. I didn't feel any surprise. I wasn't startled. I didn't feel anything. It was as if there's nothing unusual in having a stranger appear at the entrance to your bedroom door. I looked at him. And the man smiled. I can help you, he said. With what? With this. And he gestured to the room. You don't have to live like this anymore. And you don't have to live here. I sat as if I was in a coma. I heard his words and struggled to understand what, what they meant. The next thing I knew that there was a hand, a warm hand on my shoulder. The man repeated himself. You don't have to live like this anymore. I said, I, I, don't, I don't know any other way. Then let me teach you. Let me teach you how to live without terror and sadness, stumbling, weeping, without empty spaces in your heart and mind and your memory, without running, without loneliness. All of that can be over. How? I asked, hardly believing it. Well, we start by cleaning up this room. That's all? I asked. That's all. All right. Where do I start? First, the man said, you sleep. So I did. In just a few days, with the kind man's help, I cleaned that room. I gathered and bundled and shoveled and swept, scrubbed, patched. Piles of garbage I collected I put in black plastic bags. The rest of it I threw out on the street. There were all sorts of things I found in that room. Memories, fantasies, prayers, ravings, resentments, hurts. An entire crate of what-ifs. There were pictures, too. Somebody who looked a lot like me, except for the dead, empty eyes. Over there, there was a bucket filled with tears. Over there, another filled with rage. The whole place smelled like fear. It was damp, close, too warm like something very old still lived beneath the floors. It took some time, but soon the room was empty and I felt strangely pleased, a little proud, maybe even a little free. Although I didn't know what I was free from. When we were done, I asked, now what? The kind man sat down next to me it was really quiet for a long, long time. I wasn't sure if he heard me, but I was too shy to repeat my question. So I thought I'll just wait a little bit longer. I'll just sit here and take in this clean, empty space and do my best and try to forget how it looked so recently. It felt odd looking at this blank room. Yeah just felt odd. 
How did I manage to cram so much stuff in here, I thought. How did I manage to fill this space with so much that I so easily threw away? Now what? I asked again, this time aloud. Let us do some more, he said. Let's take another step and see how the room looks then. We got ourselves a can of white paint and two smaller pails. We poured a little paint into each, then filled the pails with warm water. We stirred the wash and set about covering every inch of that room. We whitewashed the walls, the ceiling, the floor, every tiny space in the floor, every ripple in the wall, every pimple on the ceiling, everything was washed with this fresh, clean, white. Everything looked the same. Standing in the doorway, looking at our handiwork, I couldn't believe it was the same room. It seemed larger, brighter. Ah, well, let it be for now, said the kind man. Let it be while you sleep a little more. So I slept. And this time I slept deeply, soundly. No terrors or noises, just sleep. When I woke up, the kind man was still sitting next to me. I think it's time to light this room, he said. So getting up, I followed him, and on the floor of the simple room was a, a single lamp ready to be installed overhead. Well, together we lifted it, twisted the wires, capped them off, and fixed the lamp to the ceiling. Then the kind man walked to the wall and flipped the switch. Wow. The four walls, the floor, the ceiling exploded into brightness. White, but not quite white. Bright, but not blinding. There were no shadows anywhere, even in those little seams between the planks that make up the floor. I'd never seen anything like it, anything so simple. Four walls, a floor, a ceiling, all whitewashed and glowing in the bath of a simple, single light. The kind man said, this is your room. This is where you can live forever. But before you do, you have to do two things. First, you have to search your heart, search your mind, and find the key to the prison. Then you have to search deeper to find the one thing that reflects the beauty and the simplicity of this room. Somewhere in the world, that one thing that teaches and comforts and challenges and inspires you. Search for it. And when you find it, bring it back and place it here. But what if I find two things, I asked. There is only one, he said. But I don't understand. I know, little one. I know. Thank you.